Hello, friend, and welcome to the Chronically Well podcast. I am Callie Dixon, your host, and today I am interviewing Jenny Levine Fink of Good For You Gluten Free. She is a popular health and wellness blogger for the celiac and gluten sensitive communities. And as a certified integrative nutrition coach and patient of celiac disease, Jenny is uniquely qualified to help her readers manage their health challenges and feel good about eating gluten free. She provides education, support, recipes, meal plans, and inspiration to help her readers learn how to create health in their own lives and on their own terms. Jenny is also the author of Dear Gluten, It's Not Me, It's You, which is now available on Amazon, and you can find her online at goodforyouglutenfree.com. We're going to talk to Jenny in just a moment, but before we do, I want to remind you of the resource I have available called Four Weeks to Reclaiming Your Identity After Chronic Illness. I go into explicit detail about what you can do right now, starting today, to get your life back and start to feel like you again after having been diagnosed with an illness. This could be right after diagnosis or you could be two years in and just ready to live your life well again. So go download that. It's in the show notes. It'll take you straight to it. It's free, I promise, and I think you're gonna love it. Now let's talk to Jenny. Hello and welcome everyone to the Chronically Well podcast. I am so pumped to be here with Jenny Levine Fink today. Jenny, thanks so much for being here. Oh, thanks for having me, Callie. I love everything that you're doing. Oh, thanks. Likewise, um, which we are going to talk about today. With each of my guests, before we really get into the meat and the nitty gritty of sort of the topic, I really like to get to know you as a person. So um, aside from gluten intolerance, aside from celiacs, um, being an author, a blogger, all the other amazing things that you do, who is Jenny? Oh my gosh, that's such a big question. I know, I'm sorry. I've often wondered that myself. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that the question of our lifetime? If you can get that down, you're set. You know, I was thinking, mm, as you said that question, I I think, you know, obviously our, our illness and sometimes our jobs are often defining our identity. But, you know, at the core, I'm just, you know, Jenny, I'm a a wife, a mother, a friend. I'm a big homebody. Sometimes I'm a little too introverted, but I can turn on that extrovert when I have to, but I really prefer to be home. I love to read and listen to books and I love to binge watch shows. So, you know, pretty simple life, but uh, that's pretty much me in a nutshell. What are you binge watching right now? Because people Uh, listening to this probably need some things to binge binge watch, right? Right. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm Oh, I'm binge watching. You don't have (laughs) you don't have to like say stuff if you don't want to. No, it's I'm binge watching this show called Outlander. It's on Netflix. Oh, I I read the books. Oh, you read the first two. Yeah, so then I had to stop watching because they were kind of flash forwarding to things that I hadn't read yet. So oh yeah, oh man, that show just gets to you, man. (laughs) I mean, Jamie, like oh yeah, say no more. I've said say no more. (laughs) Okay. Um, So obviously we're going to talk diet today. Everyone will understand a little bit more in a minute why, but can you maybe share a bit of your backstory, sort of why diet is so important to you, why it's such a part of your business? Where did all of that 
come from? Start. Right. You know, I was diagnosed with celiac disease in 2012, and it was really life changing. You know, as a mm-hmm. chronic illness is life changing, but this is one that is helped by food. And every single thing I want to put in my mouth, I have to think about. And that mm-hmm. means you, and I don't know about you, but I think about food like all day long. Yep. <laughs> so it was pretty life changing for me. And um, for many years, I actually still felt very sick. I still, I had a lot of the classic celiac symptoms that real painful bloating where it was just like this hard big belly I would have and, um, you know, kind of embarrassing gas and things like that. And a lot of that didn't really completely go away with the gluten-free diet. Mm -hmm. And that's when I started to really dig into like, what else could be going on in my body? What's happening in my body? And that whole discovery of maybe asking the right questions. Finally, I was asking the right questions Mm -hmm. and it led me down this whole path of, of studying nutrition. And I enrolled in a program to become a a integrative nutrition coach where I learned, yeah, learned so much about nutrition. And this one woman who was uh, a mentor to me, she said to me, you should make your mess, your mission. And And that's where the whole blog and book and everything came out of my, my decision, this very conscious decision to make my mess, my mission. I understand that. (laughs) That's why we're on this podcast today. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. So you got the diagnosis did you have a plan of action right away? Like, did you already know that you needed to do these things or did you just kind of stumble upon it? Did you go to forums? How did you learn about it? Right. Well, after, you know, I get the call from my doctor and it's, it's less than a minute long call. It's like, Hey, you've got, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) By the way, your life is going to change forever. Yeah. You got to stop eating gluten and it's in like bread and pasta, stuff like that. You really should get some nutritional help, you know? And I'm like, okay. Like it just really turns your life upside down. And Mm -hmm. in 2012, gluten-free diet was just starting to really become known. I think right now it's a little more mainstream. So people understand it a little better. Um, but truly I felt very abandoned in the world. Like people don't really understand what you're going through. They're like, Oh, it's just a diet. What's the big deal? It's like, it's at least you don't have this, or at least you don't have that. And like, you really can't compare your suffering to other people when you're going through it because it was so dramatically life-changing. And like we said, we think about food all the time. When we travel, our social lives are built around food. And so it was really a life-changing Thing for me. And then obviously the discovery that, hey, this gluten-free diet isn't really the end-all be-all fix-it diet that I had yeah. hoped. I kind of hoped it would be that magic bullet. Um, I realized I had to do so much more. So what else did you, sorry, I'm throwing in some questions I didn't no, no before, <laughs> but what else, what else did you realize you needed to do? Right. So here's the, here's the kicker. Celiac disease basically destroys the lining of your gut. And I never really understood that. And nobody ever really explained it to me. But when I started to really look into like, well, what is happening in my body? Like, you can't just tell me to go gluten-free and like, oh, you'll be fixed. I didn't really understand why and what was happening to my body. And so when your gut is destroyed, it is impacting every cell in your body because the food is going into your gut, being absorbed by your gut, and then distributed to all your organs and cells and everything in your body. And it's helping you function. It's giving yeah. you proper nutrition. And so what I realized is that my gut hadn't healed. And so I, I think of it this way. Let's say 
Oh, a little gruesome, but you watch Outlander, so it's okay. <laughs> Let's say you're stabbed in the gut with a knife, right? Uh-huh. And if you just pull that knife out, are you like healed? Like, mm-hmm. and that's the same thing with gluten. You just pull the gluten out of your gut. Wow. You're far from healed. And that's what happened is I was pretty much just eating gluten-free junk. Like that was my diet. I ate tons of junk food. <laughs> yeah. so I was just swapping, you know, bread for gluten-free bread and donuts for gluten-free donuts. And I just went on my merry little way (laughs) and (laughs) not really realizing that, hey, wait, that I didn't really take the time to heal my gut. I didn't really take the time to nurture those wounds left behind. And so it was a really big aha moment for me that I talk about all the time. And I see a lot of people now talking about it, but nobody was talking about it years ago. Really interesting because interstitial cystitis is what I have, and that's when you the lining of your bladder is compromised. So, but they but they do the same thing where it's like a really restrictive diet as far as um, you can't have anything acidic. But I love that you bring up. It's also important to give your body the foods that it needs to heal. Right. Yeah which they don't really tell you. It's like avoid, 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 but not what do I need? Right. There's so much focus on what you can eat, right? Yes. And, and I think that's, that's part of the, the, the depression of it too is like, well, you can't do that. You can't do that. You can't do that. But what can I do to help my body? Like right. my body, like if you look at a, I always thought about this when I was healing too. I re- looked at my leg one day and I had a huge cut and I was just like, this is going to heal. Like I know that my body is going to heal it. So why can't my body heal what's inside too? Oh, and that's such a great point. And I mean, when I went through my nutrition training, um, the the teacher, the founder of the school, he would always say, you know, your body is programmed to heal if you give it a chance. And you're right. If you get a cut on your finger or your leg, it's a matter of days, not even days sometimes, that that yeah. cut just heals and it just heals itself because your body knows what's knows what to do. It's yeah. it's programmed to heal, and so you're right. Our insides are also programmed to heal if we give it a chance. And that's where yeah. it's like we don't always know what we have to do. You know, something really interesting. I think you'll find this interesting mm-hmm. is that celiac disease is the only autoimmune disease in the world that we know the trigger of food. We know the trigger. Yeah. We know gluten causes the autoimmune reaction. Remove the gluten, autoimmune reaction does not happen. But we don't know that for other autoimmune and other mm-hmm. chronic diseases. So there's a lot to be learned from celiac. Yeah. But I think we can we can deduct that food does impact every organ and cell in our body. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, there there's probably something more you could be doing. I don't know exactly what it is in mm-hmm. your case. But you know, when you start asking the right questions, you're gonna be on the right road to figuring it out. Yeah, yeah, that's so interesting. Thank you. I guess we kind of already touched on this, but I know a huge part of the diet for me was just the emotional toll that it took. So what was your experience with that? Why, why do you think emotions are so tied to diet and nutrition, especially a restrictive diet when you find out you have a disease? Right. I, I call it this emotional burden. And it's been a word that I've used for a long time, this emotional burden to the gluten-free diet, to a disease. There's, there's definitely an emotional burden you know, why is different for a lot of people, but I can say, you know, food is such a big part of everything we do. It's a part of, Mm -hmm. you know, going out to dinner with your family for a birthday or 
going on a first date or, you know, having a big community event with your church or whatever, and there's Mm -hmm. food, there's always food. And so when you can't eat that food or you have to be the one to say, Hey, is there anything gluten-free? Yeah. (laughs) It's very isolating. It makes you feel very alone. Mm-hmm. Um, I could cry thinking about it because, yeah. I, and I write about this a lot on my blog and my book, but just that emotional burden. Like there's so many stories I had to choose which story to put in because there's so many stories where I went. And even if I did my best effort to prepare, there yep. still was no food or I was still left out or it was like not what I thought it would be. And we didn't have, you know, a clear conversation or something. And so it's a very isolating experience on top of food being, you know, such an emotional connection for a lot of us. I know Mm -hmm. I'm very emotionally connected to a lot of foods that I eat that are traditional to, you know, religion and, and even holidays like Thanksgiving that have no religion involved. (laughs) It's very hard to navigate Thanksgiving unless you have really worked with your family and trained them to, to help you eat and be a part of that, that family get together. So sometimes I don't even want to go. Yeah. Um, maybe I would, Thanksgiving I would go, but other things I don't want to go. <laughs> it's so true. I remember. And just the act of someone going out of their way to have something for you would just bring me to tears. Like now I'm, I'm pretty much where I can eat anything in moderation, except for red wine. But I just remember how much it meant when people would do right. that, like th- just to feel like someone else was with you. Right. And yeah, I, the the tradition part of it that you said, like that that's huge. So many of us have a background in food. Like this is the food we grew up eating. It attaches us to everyone before and suddenly just can't have it. Right. And there's there's a lot of people who, you know, take communion, which which I don't mm-hmm. I don't do in my faith, but you know, I feel for them because they want to be able to be part of this very sacred ritual and they can't, or, you know, it's not really safe for them to do it. If if they choose to do it, it's, it's, it's going to harm their body. So it's kind of like making this no win choice for them in many, many situations. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That was, um, it's, I'm always embarrassed. It's really validating to hear you say all of that because I was always super embarrassed when people would say, what's the hardest part? I'm like, well, yeah, the pain that sucks. But honestly, one of the hardest things is just, it's like food, morning, afternoon, evening, like all day long is food. So it's always reminding you, it's always reminding you of what's wrong with you. It's like, I'm different. There's there's something wrong with me. I can't have what I love. Right. It's, it's constant. It's like, Hey, anyone want a piece of mint or gum? And you're like, oh, can I see the label first? (laughs) Normally I just like take it and put it in my mouth, but you have to think about everything and you can't, yes. nothing's easy. No, that's it too. Yeah. Nothing's easy. Nothing's it's all, easy. It all becomes difficult, but we have some hope for everyone too. You have a new book out. It just came out in October. Um, it's called Dear Gluten, It's Not Me, It's You. Can you tell us a little bit about what the reader might expect from reading through it? What the message of the book is, what you really want them to hear? Right. And so it's so funny. Our conversation was so similar to how I wrote this book because (laughs) it is really a breakup story with gluten Mm. and how to break up with gluten, how to consciously uncouple with gluten, how to, you know, overcome that emotional burden that we all face, you know. And and so I think people will read it and they'll find evidence-based information on why gluten is up to no good for people who 
um, have celiac disease, gluten sensitivity, and even autoimmune issues. Mm -hmm. um, and then they'll also find these relatable stories of how, you know, I've experienced gluten-free through this, this, this world that's not always supportive and even a little dismissive of our diet. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's a very relatable story. And, and so not only do we talk about like how to break up with gluten, but then I go on to talk about healing. Mm -hmm. And that is a big part of breaking up moving on with your life and healing emotionally, oh, healing physically, getting over that addiction and that want to have that one night stand with gluten, you know, <laughs> things like that. And so you'll just one see more time, that. just one more time, one more time. You usually regret it. Yeah. You regret it. Like one night stand, right? Yeah. So I think you find it like, it's like a girlfriend kind of talking to you and really relating it to that, that heartbreak, that emotional journey that you go through. Mm -hmm. But you know, with any breakup, when you get to the end of it and you're finally in a good spot, you know you're in a good spot and you mm -hmm. know you're better for it and you're ready to leave that part behind you. And so it really takes people through that journey. Oh, that's so great. I can't wait to read it, first of all. And I just, I, lo I love that concept because we do know what's good for us sometimes, but right. we just are addicted. <laughs> so. Right. And wheat addiction is a real legitimate thing. Yeah. I talk about that a lot. And you know, and an emotional attachment that, mm -hmm. that that's sometimes even harder than the physical withdrawals anyone would go through is there's an attachment to, you know, eating gluten and, and being a part of family celebrations and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's so isolating for sure. So first I have a question for specifically for celiac listeners. What would you like, where would you recommend that they go? Because I know like when I first got my diagnosis, it was just sort of, I got a pamphlet and then you're <laughs> on your own. Like I got like a, literally it was take these, eat these food, don't eat these foods and you'll be set. And it's like, wait, what? And, what? Yeah, and which resources, where do I go for support? And so where are some places, like if you could go back and, and do it again, where, where would you tell people to start? Oh gosh. You know, I think that pamphlet story is like mm. something I hear all the time. Some people don't even get the pamphlet, right? <laughs> pamphlet. It's like a cartoon. It's like you can't even put real pictures. Like it's right. like Mary Jo and her son walking through the grocery store making the Gosh. good choice. God. Oh, yes. Okay. Sorry. Totally. <laughs> yeah. No, the pamphlet, the, the lack of help and support in our medical community is a real issue today. Mm. Um, doctors are overworked. They don't have enough resources. They don't have enough training in dealing with chronic illness um, and things like gluten and diet. They, they, and I don't, I don't see this to be disrespectful to doctors because there's actually some really amazing doctors out there doing great things in autoimmune, mm -hmm. but a lot of them have not um, been trained in nutrition. I think most of them have taken about four hours of nutrition training in medical school. Wow. So they're, not, they're, they're really whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Say that again. Four yes. hours? Yes. Four credits or four hours. Yeah. However that that's is. insane. So that's, that's what, like one class or maybe two classes? Right. During medical school. Right. Okay. And there's this big U.S. News, I think it was a U.S. News and World Report article that talked about that lack of nutrition training mm -hmm. in medical school. Yet, how many of us have went to our doctor to ask for nutrition advice or help? So, so many. I, I remember well, a time asking my doctor, this is pre-interstitial cystitis when I was just trying to get like a good probiotic. 
And I asked him which one he recommended. And he was like, well, you don't need to go buy a probiotic. Just eat some yogurt. Oh, right. That's like, such poor advice because dairy is very hard to get food. <laughs> no. And, and the amount of bacteria in just a plain yogurt is very small, maybe a million uh, CFUs would be like what would be in a yogurt, but not to mention all the sugars in the yogurt, right. which then just feed the bad bacteria and pretty much counteract the whole point of taking a probiotic where you could take a, a pill probiotic and get 50 billion CFUs, which is yeah. uh, CFU stands for colony forming units. It's just the amount of bac live bacteria that's guaranteed in it. Okay. And you can you know, get so much more potent exposure to good bacteria by taking a probiotic. But that highlights how doctors just don't study that. And yeah. it's unfortunate. But yeah. there are some amazing doctors. And I think when you are first diagnosed with a gluten disorder, celiac or gluten intolerance, gluten intolerance is super, super misunderstood as not as serious, very serious disorder leads to all sorts of um, other disorders of the body and has a higher rate of, of chronic diseases like cancer and things like that just because people don't take it as serious. Mm -hmm. When you're first diagnosed, I think it's important to find the support of a doctor trained in integrative nutrition or yes. uh, uh, integrative or what do we call it? Functional, functional medicine, medicine. Mm -hmm. right? Or even a nutritionist that is trained in functional nutrition. And there's a difference between a nutritionist and a functional nutritionist. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. But yeah. someone who has that specialty that sees food as thy medicine and, and maybe isn't trained by the, the traditional route or is a little more open-minded to, you know, not just recommending the food pyramids to their client, right. <laughs> realizing that food is such a bio-individual thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my what's poison to me could be totally okay with you and good for you in some respects, right? So mm -hmm. um, really working with someone who treats uh, root cause, who, who really looks at each individual patient versus, you know, sort of sticking you into this, you know, eat the USDA guidelines. <laughs> yes, I like that. Yeah, we're not cookies. And we can't right. cut. Right, right. <laughs> so, and it's so individual and so personal to everyone. Yeah. And I'll tell you, talking food with people is like talking politics. Oh. Like people <laughs> are so attached to their food. Yeah, oh yeah. And not open-minded. And so I, you know, I only talk food with people who want to talk with me and have a, mm -hmm. a converse, open-minded conversation, but it can be very divisive. <laughs> Don't tell me to get rid of my bread. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I like my gluten. <laughs> I want okay. to suffer for the rest of my life. Right. Um, this is a totally off topic question. And if you don't have the answer, that's fine. But it's just funny that I, this happened today and I'm talking to you tonight. So I took, I started this probiotic that's like a raw, really good one. Had a terrible, like they said that you can have a reaction right away, like where your body, like, wow. Whoa, <laughs> like I look like I'm six months pregnant. Is this like a normal thing? Like, do we have like a die off thing that happens when you start to introduce high amounts of probiotics? I don't know if you know that. Oh, wow. Well, so I don't, I don't know for sure. So you <laughs> took, you took a probiotic yeah. and you, you blowed like, it up. Oh my gosh. Like a balloon. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, you could have had a reaction to one of the ingredients in there. Okay. Um, but Sorry, yeah. this is just a totally <laughs> selfish question to yeah. ask a nutritionist. Well, I'm not a nutritionist. I'm a, a 
integrative nutrition coach. Integrative nutrition coach. Right. Okay. So, um, and I like a nutritionist would have gone through a lot more training than okay. me. That was very nice of you to clarify. Right. I know enough to be dangerous. Just, no, just, just take it. <laughs> yeah. um, but I would say probiotics were actually very life changing for me. So I can talk okay. about how it changed my life. Yeah. I had that bloating up like a balloon feeling and mm-hmm. it was very painful for a very, very long time to me. And that's when I realized my gut health was in shambles. And then we talked about your, your whole small mm-hmm. intestines out of whack. And so I would say potentially to do some more investigating and talking okay. to your own healthcare professional team about, you know, your gut health, because gut health really does affect your whole body. Yeah. Um, and so it could be a sign of something more going on. Usually probiotics are all about repopulating the gut with that beneficial bacteria. Um, but our guts are full of that kind of bad mm-hmm. bacteria that it, just makes us feel sick and gassy and things like that. And so there is a, a, it's not an instant relief for a lot of people, but I I did find a lot of relief when I started taking probiotics, but I did that in tandem with eliminating sugar for a short period of time. I eat sugar now, but Mm -hmm. um, for a a period of time, I really restricted myself from eating sugar because I really wanted to kill off that bad bacteria and basically starve it. Bad bacteria feed off sugar. So I was, um, I was starving that bad bacteria all the while putting in the good stuff. So that's really cool. Thank you. (laughs) No worries. (laughs) Sorry for my selfish question. What about for people who are, they don't have celiac, like does diet, I know the answer for this question, but (laughs) does, does diet really matter? So I know so many people that are like, well, I don't have gluten sensitivity. I'm fine. I can eat whatever, you know? Right. It's such a personal thing for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. There has been a very widely published study by some leading celiac disease researchers in the world that have have come to the conclusion that gluten causes inflammation in all humans. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, I believe it though. It's a highly inflammatory food. Now, a lot of people can eat it they get the little bit of inflammation, their body recovers, and they're fine. And then there's people like me with celiac or people with a gluten sensitivity who after it continues to kind of damage and damage and damage, the body just can't bounce back. Mm-hmm. And that's where you end up with <laughs> all sorts of classic symptoms like gas and bloating and constipation or diarrhea, like all sorts of those kind of symptoms. But then you also end up a lot of people, what we're finding actually the majority of celiac, newly diagnosed celiac patients, they are having uh, non-classical symptoms like joint pain or migraines, uh, brain disorders, uh, all skin conditions. Interesting. Yes, skin. skin. The My largest son- organ in your body is affected by everything you put in your mouth, basically. Yeah, that's that's how I knew my son had a dairy allergy. Was his, He started getting right. eczema patches everywhere. Right. That's huge. Right. And did he, when he went off dairy, did it clear? Yeah. I mean, he originally had one when he was a baby. He, he broke out in hives. And so then I stopped it for a while. And then they said to reintroduce. But then I noticed he was getting like patches on his skin of just like psoriasis, eczema. And then as soon as we cut dairy again, he it cleared. So, wow. Wow. Yeah. 
I mean, that's just like such a clear example I know. of how food impacts everything, right? It does. Yeah. And I encourage people to experiment on themselves. You know, if you're having joint pain or you're having skin conditions, why not try eliminating certain foods? Obviously, you should work with a professional to help guide you through an elimination diet mm-hmm. or talk to your doctor about it. But why not eliminate foods? reintroduce them slowly and see, you know, there's a lot of foods that we eat in our standard American diet that are highly inflammatory and we don't realize it. And Mm -hmm. and it took me a long time to really wake up to that. Yeah, that's so true. I did an elimination diet for anyone listening. Can you give just like a one minute, like, what is it? Because I think people hear elimination diet and that just sounds like something we don't want to do. We don't want to eliminate. We don't (laughs) Right. I hear you. No. And so an elimination diet is very scary. And there are some like really extreme, crazy elimination diets out there. And again, this isn't a diet. I actually don't believe in this diet culture. It's more of a lifestyle, to be honest. Um, It's about eliminating one or two foods that I believe we all intuitively know not good for like some people mm-hmm. can eat eggs and be like, I don't know why I just did that. Like, mm-hmm. I think we all intuitively know there's a couple of foods that we don't always agree with. or They mm-hmm. don't always agree with us. Yeah. So you basically eliminate that food or multiple foods. If you are ambitious, I don't recommend eliminating a ton at one time. It's a journey. It's not a sprint. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you can eliminate, let's say, dairy and gluten from your diet for four to six weeks and then reintroduce it and see how you feel and reintroduce just one at a time. Mm-hmm. Give it some time. Um, give it maybe a week and and see how you feel after reintroducing it. And some people notice like right away, like, uh-uh, cannot do that again. And some people are like, well, you know, I think I'm fine. Um, What I have found is a lot of people who say, well, I think I'm fine. I'm going to go back to eating these things that I thought were not working for me and they do work okay for me. But then they find their symptoms like slowly like get worse and worse and worse. And so I think there's, I don't quite understand how the human body works, but I do think once you eliminate food from your your body, you, you can, your, your body's going to get used to not having it and be happy without it. And when you yeah. start putting it back in, it may not be so happy. <laughs> yeah. It's a shock even more so than when. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, thank you. Thanks for summing that up. Right, it's so dark in here. Oh my gosh. It's like all of a sudden it's getting dark at four o'clock here in Colorado. <laughs> it's the pits. The sun was setting at four 30 here too. It's just like really <sighs> coronavirus. And now the sun is gone. At least give us that. Jenny, do you have any other advice for the listeners today? Well, I have a lot of advice. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure you do. Anything you just want to get on there. You know, I think that this is really about being kind to ourselves. And it's Mm -hmm. kind of a double entendre in the way I mean that. It's like being kind to yourself is putting good food in your body. Obviously, I mean, I eat plenty of treats. I'm not starving. I love, I, you know, I love a brownie or cookie or whatever, but um, it's really about putting good stuff in and finding that balance and being kind to our bodies, but also being kind. I think we all make mistakes and we mess up in our diet. I'm like, I'm just going to throw it all away. Like, oh, I ate gluten. It's, I'm not, I'm not going to keep doing this anymore. But really like one mistake or one setback doesn't mean you give up everything. And like really yeah. being kind to yourself and, and realizing again, this is, this is a marathon. This is, this mm-hmm. is not a sprint. And, mm-hmm. and our health is something we should take seriously every single day. And we can always make uh, 
choices and, and we can always improve our, our, our lives and our health and well-being. Uh, this is so beautifully put. Thank you. Oh, of course. Well, now we're going to move into rapid fire questions. So, and usually I'm terrible at facilitating these. We end up talking for like five minutes, but um, <laughs> as quickly as you can as respond to these. Okay. Yes, just first response. Okay. Offensive things people say about people on a restricted diet. Oh, my God. <laughs> Where do I start? Um, I'd say one thing that I am a little sensitive to is when someone's like, well, I guess I would eat that if I had to. I'm like, well, that's lovely. Thanks a that's lot. Because nice. that's the way I have to eat all the time. Or someone <laughs> will take a bite of something I'll make and they'll say, oh, it's it's okay for gluten-free. Okay. <laughs> Don't eat it. More for me, please. Exactly. <laughs> I have a really popular article on my blog called 21 Struggles Only Gluten-Free People Understand or something like that. And it's like all of these kind of things. Like That's amazing. Little struggles that we face every day. I feel, yeah, I feel like people get offended, like especially when you order. Like they're personally offended by your choices. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> why would you want to do that? Why are you – it's like, People are better about it now, but when I first had to start asking for very specific things, I felt like I was annoying people left and right. Right, right. Feelings on the word restricted. Right. You know, and and this goes back to maybe something we kind of talked about is that how there's so much focus in in our communities on what you can't eat. Yeah. And so I I think restrictive feels like that can't, right? Uh And so... Um, as soon as you kind of come to terms with this new lifestyle that you have to lead, that's where you can start to really focus on what you can eat. And it doesn't feel so restrictive. And I'd say my diet doesn't feel restrictive at all when I'm home and I'm in control of my situation and my food. Where it feels restrictive is when I'm traveling or when I'm going to events and I'm not in control. So, you know, here being stuck at home during this pandemic is actually not horrible for me. Kind of great, yeah. (laughs) You know, all the food I eat is at home and I feel amazing. I really do feel amazing. But really that restrictive word, it's a hard word, but Mm -hmm. you feel it when you're not in control. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you fall away from it. Like at the beginning, it feels restrictive, but as you get into it, it's, yeah. One glutinous thing you could eat without consequence, (laughs) what would it be? After I just told you it causes inflammation in everyone who eats it right now. (laughs) But just pretend that a fairy sprinkled (laughs) it with, you can eat this dust. What would it be? I... Really, I used to live on sourdough bread bowls at Panera. Mm. That was life to me. I think I ate one every other day when I was <laughs> in college. <laughs> that gooey bread and you know center and that crispy crust on mm. the outside. Yeah, that that would be something um, I would love. Definitely a really good piece of bread. Mm. It's not I, the same. I'm hungry now. <laughs> okay, Jenny, you have five minutes to live. Who do you call? Who are you with? What do you say? What do you do? Hopefully, if I have five minutes to live, I'm with the people that I really love the most. And I think that, like, I don't think I would call anyone. I think I would just be there in the moment with the people I love most. And maybe I would eat, like, a whole candy bar (laughs) guilt-free. There you go. What about bread? You could do bread. Yeah. If if Panera can get me bread in five minutes, I'm good. Get her that bread bowl. She has five minutes to live. Stop. Hurry up. (laughs) Okay. Well, Jenny, thank you so much. It was 
so great to hear from you today. I hope everyone goes and checks out your book. Where can they find it? Where can they find you? How do we get in touch with Jenny? Right. So my book is on Amazon. So you can just search for Dear Gluten. It's not me, it's you. Or you can go to dearglutenbook.com. And then also my blog is called Good For You Gluten Free, all one big long spelled out word. And I have tons of resources, articles, recipes on my site. It's really a, a vibrant gluten-free community. Um, for anyone who, who struggles with their relationship with gluten, uh, you're welcome to join my community. I'd love to have you. That's awesome. So when I asked earlier, where should everyone go? They should just start with your website. We'll start, start there. With, yeah, good for you, gluten-free. Good for you, gluten-free. Okay. Thank you so much, Jenny. Thank you, Callie. I appreciate you having me on. I loved having you. Thanks so much for listening, friend. Be sure to pick up Jenny's book. I cannot wait to read it. And be sure to check out that free resource I have posted as well. Connect with Jenny. Connect with me. Above all else, remember to live your life chronically well.